All right. Thank you so much, Grace, for leading us in that game. Obviously, there was a point to that game. We are always memorizing something, right? And these are just songs, examples of worship songs, but also secular songs. And a lot of us knew the answers to those songs. But how much more precious is God's word to us, right? And so this morning, we are going to be talking about memorizing scripture together. And so I have two of my sweet friends up here with me. I have Jessica Daly and Kristen Reardon, um, and we're just going to interview them. And they're going to share from their hearts the work that the Lord has done as they have dug into and memorized God's word. So I just want to take a moment here to pray for us this morning, and then I will get into some introductions. Oh, Father God, we are grateful people this morning. Um, we thank you so much, Lord, for life because of you, because of your son, Jesus. We thank you for your word that is living and active. Um, it's not just an old book sitting on a shelf, but that these are words of life. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for each woman um, and young lady in this room here today. Thank you that they took this, this morning um, to come and to be together and to open up the word together. And Lord, we just pray that, first of all, you would be glorified, you would be magnified. And God, would you encourage each one here? Lord, you know their stories intimately. You know their hearts, their struggles, their pain, and their joys. And so I pray today um, that, that this would just be some time where they would be refreshed and encouraged by you, by your word, and by your spirit. So we thank you today, Lord. Um, may we make much of you this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, I don't know how many of you have had the joy and privilege of meeting my friend Jess Daly. Um, I love Jess for so many reasons. Um, first of all, she loves Jesus, like loves, loves Jesus. And it's always so evident anytime I'm in her presence, I'm not going to look at her because I'll cry. Um, but that is the fact. She takes um, his word as something that is a precious gift and um, lives uh, from its strength. And also, um, she's tons of fun to be with. So fun. She loves to laugh. She loves to dance. She loves to sing. Um, she's just a ton of fun. She'll cry with you if you have even a hint of a speck of a tear in your eye, she will jump right in there with you and cry. Um, I have the same affliction, so I love that about her. Um, and really, she just points people to Jesus. Every conversation, um, every prayer, um, we pray together, um, we laugh together, we have a lot of fun together. I also call her my ninja for many little reasons, one of which is that she can like pretty much probably beat anybody in arm wrestling. And a fun fact is she almost beat me once. I thought she beat me, but she didn't. I beat her, and then Robin beat me. No, I threw out my back instead when I tried to arm wrestle Jenny. This is a fact. To be fair, I throw hay bales around sometimes. So anyway, um, so anyway, those are just some fun little facts about Jess. Um, she is the wife to Tom Jr., um, who she affectionately calls Tommy, which makes me giggle pretty much every time she does. I don't know why. I just think it's really cute and sweet. And then she's also a mama to three precious kiddos. Her two girls are here with us today. Hi, girls. They were such big helps this morning getting ready. Um, and it's just been such a joy um, to plan this event alongside of her and to pray with her for this. You're very sweet. Thank you. So this is my dear friend, 
Kristen Reardon, and Kristen and her husband Travis came to LEFC in January of 2022 when they moved back into the area. So she's been here at LEFC with us for about two years, and she is the proud mama to two kiddos. Her son Hadley is adorable, and he is too. He is not here today. He is at home with daddy. And then uh, this, this summer, she had her daughter. Arden, and she is back there at that table, and she's just the sweetest thing. Yeah. But when I met Kristen uh, in January of 2022, I came home that very day, and I told my husband, Kristen's going to become a dear friend to me. And I am wondering, if you're wondering how I knew that in that very moment after just one conversation with her, it is because she truly loves the Lord, and it just seeps out of her in conversation, and you cannot help but be attracted to Christ in her. And uh, I have just had the privilege and honor of walking alongside of her for these last two years, both through joys and sorrows in life. We have done a lot of processing together, and uh, I have just been encouraged at how she just faithfully clings to the Lord, and how the Lord has been faithful to her in the midst of everything that has come. And so you're in for a real treat this morning because she loves Christ Jesus and it's, it's contagious in all that she does. And so I can't wait for you to hear from her this morning. All right. Thank you, Jess. All right. So let's jump in here. Um, So the format of this morning is going to be, I'm going to just interview these two ladies and you get to hear their heart, um, what God has done in their lives as they have spent time in his word, memorized scripture together, um, but also um, really just want to to encourage all of you as you're here um, that no matter where you're at in your walk with the Lord, maybe you've been memorizing scripture for decades, maybe you're really nervous to start and try. So kind of no matter where you are on that spectrum, we just are praying that this morning would just encourage your hearts uh, to go after him in that way. Um, So after that, um, then we will just have a little bit of time um, where we will um, introduce our scripture that we're going to be um, asking you to join us in memorizing for the next few months. And then after that, we'll release you. And there are some stations outside um, with just some different goodies that you can pick up to kind of help you on your journey. Um, but I will also explain that a little bit later as well. So um, we're hoping to get you out of here by 11 in case any of you are wondering what time this ends. All right. So let's just go ahead and jump on in. Uh, so when I think of just I think of a woman who has been changed by her time in the word. Your intentionality, Jess, of knowing God's word is so evident, and I'm guessing it hasn't always been this way for you. Can you share a little bit of your journey with us? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it, Jenny is right. It has not always been this way for me. And I think that if, as any of us can attest to any growth in Christ, usually the growth is maybe slower and uh, at times more painful than what we maybe anticipate. But because God is committed to growing us, he is He is faithful to to following through and allowing that growth to, to grow over time. Um, so I And I think, also, I just want to say, I think it's a growth that we will continue on until we are with him face-to-face. So no matter where we are at in the journey, he is faithful to, to, to to continue to grow us. 
Um, two things that I think would be helpful maybe to answer this question for this morning is one, how the Lord has been faithful to reveal to me the purpose of his word and the gift that his word is to us as we walk with him. And the second is how the Lord ha has been faithful over time to use the very circumstances that I find myself in to draw me back to himself and to pull me back to find his promises as as life and what I need. So for the first, in terms of uh, maybe how the Lord has grown me in terms of understanding the purpose of his word, the gift that his word is. Um, for a long time, I lived with a performance mentality when it came to spending time in the word. And so um, what this means is that I saw reading scripture mainly as uh, something that I would check off a checklist. It was very much um, a task that needed to be complete in order for me to almost like earn value or something like that in terms of being a good uh, Christian girl. But the reality is that I was spending time in the word, but I was missing a relationship with a God of the word. And so I brought some imagery to try to maybe talk through what changed for me uh, over the years. And this binder here, um, you, you won't be able to see, but um, it is pages upon pages upon pages of emails that my husband and I wrote back and forth to each other in our first seven months of dating. And there are thousands of words written because uh, we dated for one month in the end of our senior year, and then I uh, left and went halfway across the world uh, and went into a YWAM program for the next six months. And so these words that are in here uh, was our main form of communication. So our relationship was built through words written to each other. And as I read the words, I got to know Tom. And I learned what his character was like. I saw what delighted his heart. I saw what grieved him. And as the words kept coming and the time went on, my knowledge of him was growing, but I also realized that my heart towards him was growing in affection. So the, uh, the guy that I was, was understanding and learning and growing in knowledge of, I also was growing in an, an affection for. And so the knowledge of Tom and the affection of Tom kind of went hand in hand, and the two could not be easily separated. And so that is just a small picture of what I feel like the Lord has shown me in terms of his word. And so this word is his main form of communicating with us. And it is the place that he reveals what he is like to us. And from Genesis to Revelation, we see that his character is on display. And it, uh, we see that he is a God who is not like us. He is very other, and he is high and lifted up, but he is also, it doesn't take long before we get into this, before we recognize that he has made us to know him, and he has revealed himself to us, and we are able to, to be in relationship with him. And um, in Habakkuk 2.14, it says, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. And he doesn't leave us in the dark as to how we're going to know him. And so he gives us 
his word, and that is a place that we are able to know him. If anybody, I see a couple in the room here that have been with us in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John uh, in WBF, and uh, maybe this, this knowing word is kind of going off in your head, and you know that this is not a far-off knowledge. It's not a head knowledge that does nothing other than just stay up here, but it is this intimate knowledge that seeps down in that then affects how we walk, how we live, how we trust the God that we have seen. So that's a little bit how it shifted for me, that it went from task only to an invitation into relationship. And I was, I was drawn in. I, I, there was this sense of if he has revealed himself and I can know him, then, then I, I think I want to know him more. <laughs> but um, interestingly, this came in a season for me um, of desperation. It came in a season where um, it was in early motherhood for me, so we're going back about 10 years now. And um, for the majority of my life, I thought I could get by. This was a, a thinking. It was a false thinking. But I thought I could get by with uh, my grit and my hard work. And early motherhood was the season where I recognized I couldn't. I now see that as uh, the sin of self-sufficiency, pride, control. And the Lord used my circumstances to essentially bring me to the end of myself and make me need to turn from outside of myself and look for a help. And that is what he became to me. In Psalm 119.25, it says, My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. And it was in my very lowly state of that season where the Lord started to draw me in with his promises. And I started to see his promises as good and as life and as um, some sort of uh, anchoring for where I was. Uh, uh, Augustine famously says, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And it was in that restless season that with my two toddlers uh, who are with me here today that I memorized in Psalm 119, 103 to 105 that says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through all your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And honestly, I memorized this more as a prayer, maybe like a prayer of hope. Because I could not, um, I couldn't resonate with what I was memorizing because the Lord's words didn't necessarily taste sweet to me quite yet. And they weren't like honey to my mouth. Um, but through consistent time in the word the last nine years, I feel like I, I can say that now and I can recognize the Lord was faithful to answer that prayer. Um, he was faithful to answer that prayer and I trust that he will be faithful to answer the other prayers that I pray that I might not be able to identify yet with uh, in scripture because it is through the very word that he led me to that the Lord just continued to see my daily need for him. And no surprise, the uh, life hasn't gotten any easier. <laughs> And uh, the hard seasons haven't felt any less hard. They've maybe even felt more heavy and more difficult. But his word just continues to be the thing that brings me back to him. Thank you, Jess. 
Kristen, I know you also have a deep love for the Word of God. Um, could you share a little bit about your journey and how God has, has led you as well? Yeah, absolutely. So this book right here, <laughs> everything to me. It just means everything. I think first of Romans 6, 4, where it says we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that we might walk in newness of life. And this transformation for me began with this learning what was actually on the table this new life that I'm offered. One of my favorite verses of all time is in Isaiah. It's Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So God really began this transformation in my spirit years ago, like Jess, where I was in a season of pretty dark desperation and despair. And this was a turning point in my faith as I began to really study God's word in, in order to better grasp what he actually meant when he said new, doing a new thing. The word new in Hebrew is hadash, which actually means to renew, rebuild, repair, restore. And re means again and again and again. So with rebuilding and renewing, God is not discounting what I've walked through. He's using broken and tired things to create new. And I don't know about all you, but I am feeling broken and tired a lot of times. But you guys, feeling broken and tired, if we think about it, it's a pattern of the world. And Paul tells us in Romans that we are not to be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to test and approve God's will, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. So how are we transformed? By renewing our minds. And how do we renew our minds? By knowing what God's word is and by taking God at his word. This is how we discern what his will is, and his will for us is always good. It's always perfect. So I find such encouragement in the fact that the Lord is going to rebuild me on what I thought might actually destroy me in this life. He is rebuilding me and renewing me as I am being transformed by his precious word, and his word is life. So it is a complete transformation in my heart. At the very end of the Bible, in the second to last chapter in Revelation, John tells us Jesus' words, Behold, I am making all things new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And I don't ever want to grow weary of writing God's word down, not only just on paper, but in my heart also. Thank you. So, so rich. So good. Um, so, ladies, can you share with us what role scripture memory has played in your walk with the Lord? Yeah, so for me, scripture memory has felt like another tool in the tool belt, um, meaning that it is a fantastic, it doesn't replace studying the word of God, but it is just like Kristen was able to say, it's a way that we actually get to take God at his word and to keep it on our minds and our hearts more regularly. So interestingly, as I am usually getting ready to memorize something, almost like the story I shared with my little toddlers, um, I'm usually asking the question, what is it that I need to remember? What do I need to remember? Uh, we, we probably all it could look at the people around us and very quickly realize that we are forgetful people. 
right? We are, uh, it is, it's, it's just like natural in us to, ha- to be forgetful. And scripture talks often about the ways that we have forgotten him. And the reality is we haven't just forgotten about him, but we've also forgotten how it is that he has asked us to walk with him in this life and in his kingdom. And God is, is faithful to us in our forgetfulness. He is not surprised by our forgetful frame. And so in scripture, he has given us the antidote to our forgetfulness. And he says, remember, remember, call to mind, meditate on all of these words that are this this rehearsal, this renewal of our mind that we're going to have to continue to go back to. Uh, In Psalm 1, David says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And what follows is this beautiful picture of a flourishing tree. It's this flourishing tree in which God reveals what happens to the person that continues to meditate on his law, on his good ways. And this meditation word, I often think of like saturating something. It is a saturation of your mind that doesn't stay in your mind, but then it seeps down into your entire being so that it can have its effectual work. And the reality is that as I rehearse and as I memorize, the Spirit uses the very things that I am rehearsing in my mind to kind of search me, to show me where it is that I am walking in opposition to the things that he is revealing to me. And then he's he's kind and he shows us the way that we should be um, walking. And just real quick, the, the desired end goal in memorizing scripture, what is it? It's holiness. It's Christ-likeness. It is being conformed to his image. In 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4, it says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And this is the hope of the gospel, that we do not need to remain as we are, but that God himself is committed to renewing us, to restoring us, to remaking us more into the image of his son. And that is, that's kind of some of like what I think of when I, mem- when I think about memorizing scripture. Well, I'll preface my answer to what role scripture memory has played in my life by saying that for me, memorizing scripture has been a part of my life for nearly all of it. I was just sharing with Jess a few weeks ago some cassette tape recordings of myself reciting scripture to my grandmother when I was two and three years old. She would reward her grandchildren a prize for every time we recited Bible memory. And guess what? I brought a prop. (laughs) Enter in this cassette player from 1994. Mine from 1990 did not survive, but this is my younger sister's. So I'll play you just a little teaser, if this works. Madam, I need your help. 
Psalms 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. No. No, he is the Lord. He is God. It is he has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures for all generations. So what what a treasure that is for me. Um, and normally it wasn't in front of an audience. My grandmother had me do that. This was, I think I just turned four um, at the Thanksgiving table. So she had me do that as part of our Thanksgiving meal that year. Um, so as I got older into middle school and high school, my mom, who is here today, had my siblings and I memorize larger chunks of scripture. And she was met with so much resistance at the time. And no prizes were given. <laughs> but I did not realize in my early life the impact that this scripture memory would have on my adult life. So this is 30 plus years ago now and just being able to reflect on what the Lord has done through my mom's commitment to have us memorize scripture as children. So to answer the question, my own desire for reinstituting scripture memory came about eight years ago with a not-so-gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit to get back into scripture memory after a, quite a hiatus. So as a tool, memorizing scripture, first of all, brings a closeness to my Savior through growing in knowledge of who he is and through being acquainted with his words. The blessings of writing scripture on the heart are so evident. His word never returns void. The Shema in Deuteronomy exhorts us. It says, these commands that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them on symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your homes and on your gates. This is a call to remember if I have ever heard one. Put God's word on your forehead. It's a, it's a reminder for us. Just the other day, I was chatting with Jess on Marco Polo, which is our accountability app that we use for scripture memory. And Jess mentioned this verse that she was pondering recently, and it happened to be Romans 12, which was a chapter that my mother had us memorize when we were very young. And without ever re-memorizing this passage, I was able to spout off the first few verses of Romans 12 and shocked myself because I had never re-memorized it. A passage I hadn't committed to memory in over 20 years. Like I said, his word does not return void. 
And then second to bringing me closer to my Savior, memorizing scripture has been helpful in creating structure and habit formation for me. As just mentioned, there's this call throughout the Bible to remember. It's repeated over and over and over again. And we can't remember what we don't know in the first place. So in order to remember, it has to be repeated. The commitment to memorizing God's word honors him, and he gets the glory for this. It helps us to be able to look back and remember what he's done for us. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the passage in 1 Samuel where Samuel picks up this stone and he names the place Ebenezer because he cried out, the, out to the Lord for protection of his army and the Lord answered him. So this stone, this Ebenezer, was a marker of God's faithfulness. Likewise, scripture written on our hearts is it helps us to remember our Ebenezer, and it helps to remember what he has done. It is a marker for our souls. Jane Johnson, who is an author that I love, says this, when things are lazy, they are prone to wander. That's why a regular, habitual quiet time is so important. It staves off a lazy faith and protects against a wandering heart. And I think this goes for scripture memory also. It should be part of our time spent with Jesus. Thank you so much. I have another question here for you. Can you share with us a little bit about how you came to memorizing scripture together and what that's been like for you? Yeah, so Jess shared how we met at WBF about two years ago. She was my table leader, and I was brand spanking new to the church. I had only attended one service on Sunday and was tapped on the shoulder, um, and someone had mentioned WBF. So I came strolling in probably three weeks late or so. And I think one of our first conversations at our table was talking about brokenness and our need for a reliance on God's word and his scripture laid on our hearts. Super light and airy for an introduction to friendship, I know. Uh, but that's how Jess works. <laughs> we love to walk together. So while walking one day, scripture memory just came up in conversation, and we decided to endeavor together to memorize 2 Corinthians 4, which turned into 4 and 5. And we wanted to hold one another accountable. So we've been at it ever since. We've been memorizing scripture together for about a year and a half now. That's so great. So you mentioned accountability as a benefit of memorizing scripture together. Can you share some other benefits of memorizing scripture together? I'll share one, and then I'm going to give it over to Jess. <laughs> Hebrews 10:24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we all know with attempts at Bible memory, we may memorize a verse or two with the intent of continuing, but life happens, things get in the way, it's hard to keep up, we lose our motivation. So for me, on Monday morning, when I get this little red notification on my phone, I know that I'm going to be listening to memorize scripture from Jess, and I want to be able to reciprocate that. Yes, sometimes it gets wacky. Sometimes we laugh over missed words and just awkwardly long pauses where we're racking our brains just trying to remember what the next word is but it's so much easier when we're tracking together through something I can't be slipping up when I've got a sister waiting for my message on Monday morning I want to be able to to reciprocate that and just spurs me on like Hebrew says toward love and good works and encourages me we hold each other accountable because God has asked us to hold each other accountable 
So one of the second uh, benefits that we thought of in terms of this, there's many, by the way. I'm sure some of you could add to this list. But uh, the second benefit that we have found is just uh, fellowship, deep fellowship. Uh, in Philemon 1.6, Paul says, And I pray that this fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for the sake of Christ Jesus. And Paul is explicitly praying here that collectively the body would grow in knowledge, thereby creating a deep fellowship that is sustained by our faith. In Christ Jesus. And so as Kristen and I are memorizing the same truth, so there's an aspect here where we are choosing together to have the same truth in our minds and, and praying that it would be written on our heart. I, I, I try to think of us like linking arms together, um, this true partnership that comes so that together we are growing more effectively together in the knowledge of the Lord and what is in us for the sake of Christ Jesus than we could be if we were doing it separately. And uh, we have been in, in Genesis here in our sermon series, and, you know, we saw in the beginning of Genesis that it is in our very, the very core of our being, that we were not made to be independent creatures, that we, we are dependent on the Lord, but we are interdependent on each other. And I just, I have seen that when we are rehearsing truth together, we're rehearsing what is true, it is creating this type of fellowship that the world, outside of having this type of fellowship, will never know. It's a, it's a, it's a fellowship that is special to the believers of Christ, and for that I praise the Lord for it and then thirdly visible transformation in our sisters in Christ Ezekiel 36 26 says I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh so touching on this concept of newness again, it's such a tremendous gift from our Father, and we get to recount the Lord's blessing and change evidenced in someone else. That is an incredible blessing. So because we are walking together, it allows me a front row seat to see the visible transformation in my sister Jess. I can testify to her new heart. I can testify to the new spirit within her as we journey together. And if you've listened to her, does it sound like she has a stony heart? <laughs> of course not, right? She, because she, I, well, I get to be this firsthand witness for what the Spirit is doing in her. And boy, does Jess ever have a heart of flesh in the best way. I get to be this witness. And in the last year and a half, I have seen Jess walk closely with her Savior, seeking to imitate him. I've seen the Holy Spirit just lay specific scripture on her heart and mind for seasons and circumstances when she needs them. And I've watched her lead by example, weaving scripture into everyday conversation as if it's second nature. I don't know if any of you have had any conversation with Jess Daly. She just speaks scripture. And it's normal. It's not awkward. It's not in this Bible verse. She speaks it, and she lives it out. And that has been such an encouraging thing for me. God is up to something in her life, and I am here for it, watching the transformation. That's awesome. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, so could you both share with us uh, one way that God has revealed himself to you, um, specifically through one of the passages that you have memorized together? Mm. 
Yeah, so like Kristen said, the first passage that we set out to memorize together was 2 Corinthians 4, and then we, we tagged uh, 5 along with it because it was just that good. But uh, it, it talks a lot about physical suffering and God's redemptive work in the midst of it. And just last week, I texted Kristen, and I said, here I am, back again in 2 Corinthians 4. I've been really discouraged by another round of sickness for my crew. If you know our family, we are the sick family pretty consistently. <laughs> and I said, I'm battling all of these lies of you can't minister effectively and care for sick kids. If only your body was strong enough then you could do everything well. Anyone hear the lie? There's some lies in there. <laughs> you see, I was functionally believing. Even though that word was written on my heart, I was functionally believing in that moment that if only my body were strong, then I would be this great, effective minister of the gospel. My hope was in Christ plus a healthy body. It was not in Christ alone. And I spent almost an entire day of wrestling with this lie before I was like, wait, this is a lie. <laughs> this is not true. And how did the Spirit illuminate that lie? It was with the very word that he had written on my heart almost a year and a half ago. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that their surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And we could keep going there. It's a fantastic chapter. But you see, according to God's wisdom, these very weak bodies that many of us find ourselves in will be the vessel by which he continues to ask us to serve in the spaces that he has given us to serve in. Our afflicted bodies do not hinder his work. They do not hinder his work. In fact, it is in this very body, your very body, that Christ's power and life will be manifested because we need to look outside of ourselves and ask for a power that is not ours alone. And I, I know this will not be a, a truth that I don't have to come back to again because I'm pretty sure that... Uh, Living in this body and continuing to live in a weak body will just continue to bring me back to this truth. And I just praise the Lord that he used his word to just reorient me, even in that moment. These are truths that we've been reminding ourselves of pretty consistently. <laughs> Later in the, this past spring and into this summer, we memorized Psalm 34. And this is a passage where David is proclaiming the joy and trusting the Lord in a season that it wouldn't make sense to the world to be joyful, faking madness before a king. During this time, the Lord's praise was not continually on my mouth. I was wrestling with a lot of fear that was lending itself to a lot of control in many different areas of my life. And what God taught me in memorizing this passage is that he already delivered me from my fears. Not that he's going to deliver me from my fears. He has delivered me from my fears. So to bring my eyes up from the mess that is before me and look toward his radiant face, um, to fear him and fear him alone. 
It was such a timely reminder for me of what he does. Here's just a few of the things. He sees me, he hears me, delivers me, is near to me, saves me, guards me, redeems me, all of these in one chapter. It's not about me. It's about him and about his work. And this was just such a valuable lesson for me that I will carry on for years to come. Praise the Lord. So ladies, can you help us get practical here? What, like, how have you gone about doing this together? Give us some practical ideas. Yeah, so before we jump into some of the, like, very practical practicals of, like, what do I do? Uh, The first and foremost in any thing that we attempt to do is that we want to go to the Lord in prayer. We want to ask him humbly to accomplish the thing that he has promised. (laughs) And we're recognizing that even as we go about these, some of these uh, special, special gifts that he has given to us, that we are still incredibly reliant on him. And the great thing is that he's given us a helper. And let's listen here. In John 14, it talks about this helper. And it's in 1426 that it says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And so we want to go to him. We want to ask that the helper would actually help us in this. So for Jess and I, here's what we've chosen to do. And you by no means need to do the same thing that we're doing. This is just what has worked for us. We send video messages to one another using an app called Marco Polo. It's just a video messaging app. We recite our Bible memory each week on Monday. And we usually will add one verse to three verses a week, depending on what season and stage we're in. And sometimes we don't recite a verse. And we send a message saying, I didn't make it today but I'll do it next week. Um, And this just allows us to recite at a time that works best for us. And then it's great to be able to practice your Bible memory while you're hearing it spoken over you. Um, So it's just another way to practice repetition. So just some simple steps for getting started. Find a passage. You're thinking, of course, but like Jess said, what truth do you need to remember? What passage do you want to have written on the door frames of your home? Secondly, start right away, and there's going to be more on this from Jenny in a bit. Stay tuned. Start small, or don't. I am just amazed. God is glorified when we choose to write scripture on our hearts. And it just astounds me what the Lord graciously allows our minds to recall when it's his word that we're choosing to imprint there. He's honored. And you always have time for the things that you put first. So my encouragement would be to move it toward the top of your list rather than it be something that's just you don't think of often. And then decide your speed. Do you want to have a a section completed in a month? Do you want to just do one verse a week? Just set a pace and roughly try to stick with it, obviously being gracious, but it's helpful to have a pace in mind. So one of the things I love is, though they hold each other accountable, the way they go about memorizing scripture is actually different. And so I would love to hear from each of you what has personally worked for you as you have set to memorize scripture. Yeah, so this has actually been a really fun part of the prep prop process for this morning because as Kristen and I have talked back and forth about this, I'm like, ooh, 
that's good. I'm going to try that this next go around. And so it's, it's, there is not a one size fits all, right? There are, there are aspects about our personalities and how we even are able to process things that, um, that the Lord has made us particular. And so if there is something that maybe you hear and you're like, oh, I'd like to try that or it doesn't work, you're just like, okay, there's other things that I can try as well. So even the way that we go about learning, learning um, the verses are very different. So I use what is called the first letter method. And I brought, uh, I brought another imagery somewhere so that you can see what I mean. Um, what I mean by this is that when I am, when I am starting out with a verse, I am, um, I'm saying the full verse, but then in an attempt to help me to almost like not have to look at all of the words, I take one letter from, I take the first letter of each of the words in the verse and I write it down. So I wrote Genesis 1-1. You might not be able to see it, but this will help you see what I mean. So this then says, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1, 1. And so you'll see it's, there's just the first letters there. And so that's kind of what I have done, um, and I have found a lot of success with that. Occasionally, um, if I don't, if, if I am trying to, like, remember it throughout the day, I will actually personally write it on my hand. So, like, I have little letters here, and then that way it's with me throughout the whole day. <laughs> so you don't wash your hands? I never wash my hands. No, it goes away over the day. <laughs> Gross. Did you eat the scones? <laughs> yeah, the scones. Watch out. <laughs> so one thing that I've done is what I call building block repetition. So, for instance, if, if you're memorizing a passage and there's 10 verses, I like to say verse 1, and then I say verse 1 and verse 2, and then I say verse 1 and verse 2 and verse 3, so on and so forth. So if you think about it, for 10 verses, how many times am I saying verse 1? 10 times. 9 times for verse 2. 8 times for verse 3. That's a lot of repetition, but it's super helpful in getting it to stick. Obviously, with long, longer passages, it would take forever, right? We'd be here for an hour and a half. But just having that for those first verses, I think, is helpful in just getting it to stick. Mm-hmm. I also appreciate using index cards. So the index cards, I usually actually write out the full verse that I am trying to memorize, and I'll just place it where somewhere that it is easily accessible in my house. So for me, usually that's the kitchen, because that's where I find that I spend um, at least a chunk of my time in the day. And um, the reality is that if it is easily accessible for me, I will go to it more often. And so an index card is just a great way uh, that I have found that I can just put it different places. So I am a visual learner, but a close second would be an audible learner. So audible learning for me is opening the YouVersion Bible app and playing the audio of the passage that I'm memorizing and then saying it along with the reader. I'm usually paying, playing it at 0.5 so that I can keep up. And practically, this looks like doing this on car drives. So before I get the car moving, I get it queued up, I press play, and we drive, and I start saying the Bible verse half speed with the reader. And I'm sure my littles will grow weary of this as they get older, but it's a, a practical, helpful way for me to be memorizing scripture. 
So she mentioned the car rides. So she's choosing to add scripture memory to something that she's already doing. She's already driving in the car. And so for me, um, when I'm in the shower, showering has been one of the times that I can practically go through memorization because it's already something that I'm doing. And so I'm just uh, habit stacking essentially on top. And the reality is that... um, On mornings, especially that I need to get up and get a shower right away, I find that I actually deal with a lot of, like, anxious feelings first thing in the morning. Just, like, the cares of the day are just naturally the thing that are kind of wanting to creep in. So before I am with the Lord in Scripture, I have found that just taking my mind immediately to whatever passage it is that I'm memorizing and just, I mean, I'm groggy at that time of morning, but just just trusting that as I'm saying it, that it's almost like setting my mind on the Lord and he has just been really faithful. A, a practical tip, um, which actually you'll see out there at one of our stations, is that you can put your, your memorization card in a Ziploc, command it to your wall, and then you have the scripture right in front of you. We call that shower power. (laughs) Another one for me is practicing in front of my little ones. At this point, they're a bit too young to be able to hold me accountable just yet, but someday they will. And just yesterday it was, I usually say it during breakfast time. And so I was washing the dishes and I said, I'm going to say my Bible memory. And I went through and continued to wash the dishes. And my son says, me say my Bible memory now? And I had forgotten to ask him. And so he actually had the opportunity to share his, which I guess is accountability. So so I take that back. He is holding me accountable already. And the last that we, I kind of got to in the index cards, but uh, when I get partway through like a longer, if I'm memorizing a longer scripture, I really appreciate uh, as I'm saying it, also writing it down. So in my time with the Lord, almost in an attempt to meditate what it is that's in my mind, in my heart, I'm actually writing it down. So just like the natural state of writing what it is that I'm rehearsing in my head, almost, you know, both of those going together is just really helpful. And praying it. Praying God's word is unstoppable. That has been something for me that I love to do. I pray it in a journal. It takes God's word at face value, and it believes him for the fulfillment of it. So that would be my, my biggest way that I learned by praying it. So you probably heard this kind of woven in throughout uh, many of the things that we said this morning, but we really cannot stress accountability enough. We really do believe that when we are doing something like this, that together is actually better. And so this is where you ladies all come in because we would love to invite you to join us as we set about doing this together. And if you've taken one thing,